And I think that you shouldn't be discouraged if someone else has done it before you because it's you creating it now. And I think that's something that always prevented me. I'm like, oh, you know, why? what do I have to contribute into this void of content that is social media? This is my perspective on it. And your perspective is important too, like your genuine, authentic perspective. You're listening to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self-actualization, overcoming fear, and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through. Let's start that right here, right now. Hey, hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Chats with Kat. I hope you're all doing fan fantastic today's episode is very special because it is my 50th it is my 50th episode oh my god uh when i started the show a year ago i really had no vision for it except that i wanted to be real i wanted to build a community and i wanted to have fun doing it and i can confidently say that i've accomplished all of those things and this is just the beginning i've had you know, the opportunity to interview people and to vent about things that are weighing down on me. And you all have tuned in each time. I have no words to describe the gratitude that I feel for every one of you who take the time to listen in and feel inspired by the work that I am doing here. I really don't. Um, I, I, I have no intention of stopping this train anytime soon. So Go ahead and buckle in because we're going to have many, many more years together. In lieu of showing my gratitude for you, I'm going to begin shouting out those of you who take the time to write reviews for the show. I want you to know that I read every single one of them and this is the clearest way for me to show you that I see you and that I appreciate you. So for my very first shout out, it goes to Hypno Healer. Your review said, Chats with Cat is the essential guide to finding and embracing yourself. Her interviews are consistent, vulnerable, and entertaining. These weekly podcasts have become a part of my to-do list. I listen when I am on the go, chilling out, or executing my own magic. A definite must listen for 2018. Ah, thank you so much. That means the world. I am so glad that you like the show. And thanks. <laughs> so for today's very special episode, I invited on a very special guest, my extremely talented friend, Virginia Zamora, aka V. We met each other in passing at an event during our Basel Miami last year, but we actually bonded once we got back to New York and met up for coffee. So V is a freelance designer and illustrator. Her art is distinguishable and best known for its unfiltered and at times erotic depictions of femmes. Her Cuban-American heritage comes through in subtle yet obvious ways to those that share her cultural references, which excites many because hello, representation feeds soul. I am personally inspired by V's resolute approach to creating art that accurately represents the experiences of femmes, whether it's capturing moments with friends, what we look like during our menstrual cycle, or moments of solitude. V does a great job of portraying us. Her decision to illustrate the children's book, Hey Zoe, Get Off Your Phone, tackles the issue of phone addiction and is worth noting because it further showcases her imaginative range. In our chat, we discussed what life has been like for her as a freelancer, how she began monetizing her art, 
The step-by-step on how she fully crowdfunded her children's book, how she created structure around her creative cycles, and loads more. Without any further delay, here is our convo. Hi, V. Hi, Kat. Thank you for sitting down to chat with me for my 50th episode. I can't believe it. I'm so honored. You are very special because you are the chosen one. (laughs) (laughs) I feel very chosen. (laughs) So V and I are very good friends. So this is extra special. She says. What? Okay, no, we're totally good friends. <laughs> kidding me? What? Should I turn this off and have a conversation with yes. you right now? <laughs> so this is really, really dope because I've been wanting to have her on the show for a while. By the way, my voice is still kind of messed up um, trying to get through it. I didn't want to like put this off any further. So my voice will be cracking a little bit, but just ignore that. Uh, v is... A very very talented woman and I'm like super honored to call her a friend and she is my soundboard for so many things that I want to work on in my creative mind or work out in my creative mind and in my life and also just like a really good friend to just talk to about life things and I feel super uh, excited because I have a platform where I get to share all of her amazingness with everybody so yes I'm so what a compliment Mm -hmm. I am feel the exact same way not only my soundboard but everything that I can do is possible because I have friends like her Mm. okay okay let's not get sappy (laughs) (laughs) so you grew up in Miami Mm -hmm. and we actually did not meet in Miami we met in New York well technically we did meet in Miami we did meet in Miami but like we didn't have a coffee date no in Miami we we had a coffee date I was so excited I'm like this girl is in New York and I need to know her I'm always looking for Miami people in New York yeah so you've been living here for like over seven years already yeah August 2011 I moved okay what has this been like like how do the cities compare when I think about I mean they're just different cities New York and Miami um the energy is so different Miami everyone knows is more laid back a lot of ideas fester within conversation and not a lot of action is taken when you're in New York. People are so ambitious and so action-based. But it's a lot of talk at the same time and I feel like not a, a lot of real enjoyment. When people are at clubs or at bars, people will be staring at their phones to be like, oh, look at me, I'm so important. And in Miami, it doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, or non-binary. It's like, you're going to have a good time. Like, you're going to dance, you're going to sweat. You don't care if your hair is getting curly or what it looks like when this part of your fat jiggles. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like in New York, people really just want to... Uh, be an appearance it's almost a performance so you know to compare both of them it it just depends on what aspect of the city you're comparing energy wise it's completely night and day Mm -hmm. so how does new york city nourish you because so many people question why the sacrifices that people make are so apparent like why would you sacrifice so much your money your time your energy to get here and live here and stay here like why are you doing that for the rare gems of people that recharge you such as yourself, such as the women that we've met through Goddess Council that really want to see us win. The thing is that action happens here. Change happens here if you're willing and to do the work for it. Mm. So why be in New York? I feel... Well, let's start this way. I went back to Miami, actually, after I graduated SVA. There was a summer of 2015. I had gotten out of a horrible breakup, but it was like not horrible only because I lost my best friend. But I'd always told myself after 
the four years of doing school here, I would go back to Miami. I'm like, fuck this. It's cold. I don't want to be here. There's like all these people are cutthroat um, social climbers and cutthroat career climbers, I should say. It's not really even social. It's like, I want to go to this party because this person might see me and they might really fuck with my work. But um, I went to Miami. I ended up getting a part-time job. It's going to remain <laughs> uh, remain anonymous, but the guy wouldn't show up on time, openly paid me less for me getting the work done in the same amount of time. I felt like I wasn't really seen and I wasn't really appreciated. I was um, taken down a notch to like, oh, this woman who thinks she's cute and thinks that she's doing art and we're going to give an opportunity, but it wasn't really being seen as an equal cut to me deciding I actually want to come to New York for me and not for a man or a, a partner. I really want to do this because I want to be a graphic designer and I want to be seen. I end up going to Shillington for graphic design and then I get a job with Sujin Bazelli, who's a creative director at Strategic Insight. And again, I feel seen. I feel like this woman is expecting a lot from me and that's much better than people expecting nothing from me. And how did that experience push you in a way that your previous part-time job in Miami didn't? Like, what exactly was being asked of you? Well, it, unfortunately, there were uh, its own problems in that job, but um, it just it just pushed me. And it wasn't just the job; it was the people at the job and the friendships that I had outside of it. Because those friendships, like the ones I had with Joe Hollier, led to me meeting Dan Fox and then me meet, like, creating a children's book about phone addiction. Like, yeah. again, a lot of the conversations about, like, oh, we should do this, that happened in Miami, or, oh, this would be a good idea. Like, no, we actually get it done. What time at the end of the day could we meet and outside of our jobs because we believe in this so deeply? Like, what are our deadlines? And I feel like that work ethic I definitely got from my first job here in New York. Mm, yeah, that'll definitely do it. People here in New York are so punctual, so on everything. Totally. Because there's this um, assumption that you respect people's time. Like, oh, yeah. There is no time to waste. And that's why people get so much done here. Because they show up when they say they're going to show up. And, like, they respect your schedule. Yeah. Um, what was it that my mom told me growing up? respect is given trust is earned and I feel like it's so weird in Miami it's the other way around you know you immediately trust someone and then respect is given later and in New York time time I go back to that because if I'm running late I want I text that person to let them know I hope you know that I value you and I value the time that you set aside for me because you could be doing a million things and not just like, oh, hanging out with my friend and like sitting like, no, taking a meeting, advancing your career, like you're taking that time and carving it out for me and I'm honored. Yeah. And yeah. so I show up everywhere on time. Yeah, you do. You yeah. show up early too. Yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned this job that you had in New York, but fast forward to right now, you are freelancing. Mm -hmm. You are your own boss, essentially. Yes. How has your creative mind and your work begun to take its own form now that you are your own boss? Nobody's telling you what to create. So it went through a lot of transitions. Um, and 
I'm glad that you're calling me my own boss. I hope my mom's hearing that because she's just like unemployed ape. (laughs) That's from Father of the Bride. Um, No, so I went through some transitions. There was one point where I went back to a part-time job so that I could part-time freelance and it didn't end up working out. And when I went full-time freelance... I'm such a hard worker and it's not like, oh, she's such a hard worker. Like I didn't sleep until seven in the morning. My anxiety was crippling. Um, I had a deadline for the children's book that I was working on. And within that time, I'm so glad that I got to experience what didn't work, mm-hmm. <laughs> which meant like not going out, not seeing anyone, not having a balance and really giving myself over to the work. And the work ended up coming up pretty good. I think it could have come out better if I had a structure. But again, within that time, by the end of the book, I started calculating time for sleep, calculating time for seeing friends, budget, things like that. Um, And now that I'm on the other end of it and the deadline's over, I took a little break. I took a month of celibacy and sobriety after the, the deadline. And when I came to just getting back to New York and getting back to other freelance work you just have to be regimented about your time marketing um reaching out to art directors reaching out for projects like you have to be hungry this is your business if you want to see it grow it's because you are doing the work to see it grow right yeah so i think that people like fantasize about becoming freelancers like oh i can't wait to like nobody's telling me what to do but that's the thing that nobody really knows like what the back end work looks like so how did you come to terms with that how did you structure yourself what did you read books were you listening to podcasts did you uh find mentors who were freelancers as well like if there's somebody out there who wants to freelance who knows nobody who's freelancing how do they become the best freelancer so that's a great question um let me take that apart yes mentors if i didn't see yuko shimizu or james yang or other freelancers in my life that are killing it i would probably not be as brave and not do it for myself and carve out that path. I've I've been very fortunate to follow a career where there have been a lot of successful people in front of me that I can look at their models and ask them, especially because, again, I live in New York City, just have a coffee date with them, tell them about my struggles. Even um, Marcos Chin, very famous and very talented and humble man, I ran into in Chelsea the other day, And I just sat with him. I was like, well, you know, what's your routine like? You know, how much do you go to yoga? And he shared some of his techniques with me and what he finds balance in. And even him, you know, it's also good to know that nobody has the answers. It's whatever formula works for you. Yeah. Um, He was telling me how he admired my routine. I was just like, wow, you know. So like what are some like steps that people can take right at this very moment? So, again, back to podcasts. Podcast, um, Tim Ferriss was a big help for me as far as morning routines and nighttime routines. When you listen to the interviews and him taking apart the schedules of high performers in every field, there is a, a lot of silence and a lot of meditation and a lot of regrouping that I think artists, as much as we are extroverts or can be extroverts, um the work happens when in introspection i totally agree with that yeah it happens a lot in meditation it happens a lot in stillness and as an extroverted person naturally it's good to remind myself that i need to schedule that time Mm. i mean it's not just about taking that time i mean scheduling it that Mm. means i can't see cat today or if i see cat 
it needs to be after my first burst. There's a burst of power that I have every morning and that's when I get the most done. So because I've hacked myself and I know that about myself, I don't schedule anything until, you know, noon or 2 p.m. And if it is, it's because it's an exception and I'm working with the person that I'm meeting. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, that's just like a life hack. I know that that's what's going to make me feel better. I know that if I work out in the afternoon, it feels better because I'm really not going to get anything else mentally done. Mm -hmm. But like physically, I want to also be depleted. And Mm -hmm. then I just like to feel that at the end of every day, I got exactly what I needed done. There's no better feeling for me to check off everything on my check mark and also be forgiving. Like, okay, I didn't get to that today. I'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. Um, but like you said, it, it all fluctuates and changes for certain people because like, I know there's some people who are night owls mm-hmm. who like can't get anything done in the morning, um, who need to like set aside that time for like the evening. So they instead flip it, right? Like they'll take everything in the mornings, like earlier on in the day. Cause like they can't create during that time. But I think like at the, at the bottom of it is just like structuring, like whatever way it works for you, like fine but just make sure that you compartmentalize it and you make it make sense for your day and that you don't let anybody disrupt your flow because it's like you are a freelancer this is your business if you let anybody into it like that's you're like basically allowing people to mess with the flow of your money your business your brand oh yeah i mean let's just be totally honest what you need to do if you're a freelancer right now listening to this is the same way that your friends go to nine to five jobs you have a nine to five job period That's how you will succeed. You will set aside time for marketing. You will set aside time for this. If you're like me and you need a soundboard, you'll set aside time where once a week you have um, a person that you meet up with that makes sure that you're on schedule, not because they're working for you, but just a friend like, you know, Kat does for me or Arius does for me or other friends in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. just to check in and make sure that we are accomplishing the goals that we set out for. Yeah, that's super important. Yeah. The accountability. I want to talk about your book because you already mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Zoe, get off your phone. This is the children's book that you illustrated, and it covers the topic of phone addiction. But I want to first jump into the fact that you crowdfunded this project. You raised $8,800 mm-hmm. in how long? Month. In one month. Yeah. You raised that in one month, and essentially, you put out your baby into the world and, like, Ask, please, world, acknowledge how important this is. We need to create this. Please fund it. I don't think that a lot of artists know how to do that, how to put themselves out there and ask and ask people to believe in their in their dream in this way or to believe in like the fact that their message is important. So I'm just like really curious to know, had you ever done anything like that before? No, and it didn't come easy to me. Mm. And I will say it's kind of like when you have a child, you know you're willing to do things that you wouldn't necessarily do for yourself. Mm. And because this is, again, a passion project and something that I believe in so deeply and a message that needs to resonate mostly with the parents. Yeah. I, you just immediately cut your pride in half. and You're like, I need this to happen. Like, I want this to happen for the world. Right, right. I want to bring this to life. I didn't want to compromise me and my business partner, Dan Fox, we just didn't want to be separated also, you know, we had, um, again, we were introduced by Joe Hollier, a good friend of mine that is the CEO of Lightphone and founder and creator and, you know, genius in, in his own right for the way that he sees the world and the way that he feels humans should connect. 
And again, because Dan and I connected on that level through our mutual friend and on other levels, you know, we just have a lightness because when you don't, it's not that you don't lie, but when you're fully yourself, it makes interactions easier. When you know that someone's not lying or has an agenda, it's just like, oh, you know, we really want to do this book. Okay, great. I don't want to not work with you. Publishers were just trying to buy the manuscript and not buy my illustrations. So we're like, let's just do it together and do the extra work and do a Kickstarter because we believe in this and we're not making, we're, we didn't make it for money. So many months I was working for free. That's something that people need to understand as well. Like I created an entire book for free despite my mentors telling me not to. Mm. So I did it. We did see some profit, but again, this was about creating the book to create this message that our phones are black holes of isolation and comparison, period. We see things that we don't have, therefore we become unhappy. And kids see their parents do it, and they're sponges. They just want to do what grown-ups are doing and what they are missing out on is free ice cream. That's an inside joke between me and Kat because one day I was meeting up with her and I looked up from my phone and I saw that there was free ice cream. Like just things like that. Interactions that you wouldn't have had otherwise because you're just maintaining a relationship with a curated group of friends that you're texting or that you're viewing or that you're Insta-storying. And again, this is not a judgment. This is just shift control make sure that you are not reacting to your device and that when you look at it it's with intention yeah it's very clear that you're passionate about it Mm -hmm. and i'm curious to know how you were able to discern that this was something worth moving forward with despite your mentors and all of these career professionals telling you that this is not a good move the fact that you and i have this conversation with all of our friends all the time and this goes outside of me and Kat. I'm sure whoever's listening has had this conversation. Striking this balance is difficult for 25-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Imagine a child. Yeah. And imagine them thinking that this is correct and that there are no limits. When Dan and I have uh, read at schools, it's a lot of this same conversation as well. Like, mom and dad don't have a limit. Um, they are on their phones all the time. What do you mean that there's a time to set aside for phones? You know, mm-hmm. and you and I are still from the generation where we had to pick up the phone, call our friends, talk to their parents, have them wait 15 minutes until they were done showering or whatever, and then come pick, come to the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, we're struggling with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why I think what you're trying to do here and what you've already, you know, begun to plant seeds in the minds of adults here is, hey, caution. This is something worth paying attention to. Yeah. Um, so... If you'd never done anything like this before and you were asking for money, what was the process like of being like, okay, this is how much my art is going to be worth? How did you figure we that broke out? even. We literally, no, Dan and I went 50-50 on everything yeah. since the beginning. Yeah. And that made it super easy. When it came to um, the leftover money, we yeah. just split it. Yeah. It wasn't about, again, it really wasn't about cost. And Dan and I are now finding different avenues to do this. Like mm-hmm. it manifested itself in a children's book. And mm-hmm. it's not to say don't get paid. Mm-hmm. I got paid guys. I want to say I got paid maybe a thousand dollars, but it, this, 
really pennies compared to how much I would normally charge yeah. in any other situation. Yeah. Like I, I charge a lot of money because this is my career. This is my life. I don't get out of bed for less than $500. And mm-hmm. that took me a long time to get to because I feel like a lot of artists feel like, oh, it's coming from a pure place. I don't need to make money. No, this is your craft. You're a wizard. You, your, your time is valuable. Was there a moment where you were like, I'm not doing this again? Like I, I did not charge enough here and I'm going to just up it moving forward. all the time. There were so many moments out of uh, coming out of school where there is exposure. Oh, you need to do this for this. This is going to come back tenfold. No, it's money. You need, we live in New York. Yeah. It's, there's just no compromise. Yeah. You need to make the money. Yeah. So how, like, how do you, I guess my, my, my question is like, how do you convince people of your worth as an artist? When they try to tell you, no, I want my, I don't want to pay less than, I don't want to pay $500. Like, this is what I'm paying you. This is all I have to offer. Okay. First off, if it's, let's say that I do bend, you're still making yourself small, but let's say you do bend and it's for a nonprofit company Mm -hmm. and it's all the things and it, you know, it's in line with my mission and it's in line with the liberation of women that I, I, I like, I want to put out in the world. Sure. But really, no. By me saying no, I'm saying yes to other projects that haven't come. I'm saying this is my standard and this is how I value myself. Period. They know to when they talk to their friend about me or like, oh, we couldn't get her because we didn't have the budget. It's just making it more real. But do you feel like you can do that because you've put in the work? Like just not just anybody can go ahead and be charging $500 at some point. There has to be some kind of scale, some kind of like your working towards it. If you're straight out of school and like you haven't had a job yet, you haven't had, you don't have a portfolio. Let's put it this way. You graduate a lawyer. Are you going to be working for $25 an hour because you just graduated? No, no you're going to be charging $300 because you just went through the program. Yes, I did. Go, I had the luxury of going to art school and a lot of scholarship. And that does give me the little stamp of approval. But even to people that didn't have that luxury, I would still say charge what you're worth. Mm. You know, if you don't know what that number is right now, sit down with yourself and say, okay, $35 an hour. And if I'm going to put $10, um, 10 hours of work, that's $350. Is that 35 times 10? Yeah, $350. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it, like just start valuing an hour of your time. I should say that graphic design also helped me with that. Graphic designers have no problem charging like $5,000 for a logo. And that was a big part of my college career was hanging out with graphic designers. Mm. I would see like send out these bills or these invoices. I was like, (gasps) and then people would pay it. Mm. So it does also, um, I guess it's safe to say that the people you surround yourself with impact this. So it's like if you're around designers who I value you themselves. I say this, but I only want to hang out with big dick move <laughs> people. Like I want people, I and I want to give that to people. I want to look at you right now and say, Kat, your time is like invaluable. This is the minimum that someone should be spending because I know your value and I know your worth. And by me doing that for myself, I am shifting how other people see their worth and their value and how they need to monetize it. Yeah. Um, What did, I guess, this whole process of monetizing this book and like just your art in general, like when you started to do it, did you what? I was going to interrupt you to say women have a hard time asking. 
women and that's something i should tell you right now if it wasn't for the men in my life i wouldn't have this mentality have you had to share this insight and this information more so with your female friends than with your male friends absolutely Mm. why do you think that is (laughs) do we have enough time for that yes i'm like did we have a two-hour interview (laughs) yeah i don't like to ask It's, it's just like we want it's not even complacency it's just like we're afraid yeah it's like we've been taught to not ask for anything our opinion our opinion isn't worth anything i've i was told growing up and it wasn't even by my father but by other men in my life that you're you're a little girl you can't you know just constantly made small constantly made um worthless and my opinion worthless and my questions worthless like you're just small and you don't know what you're saying and you don't know what you want yeah as if like almost like gaslighting you like i know that i believe this to be real yeah. this is my truth and you're telling me that that's not it doesn't exist and a lot I have of no unlearning place for that. a lot of unlearning a lot of unlearning um so even in that same vein how did all of this make you feel this whole transition of you being like okay i'm an artist i'm a creative individual and then you know getting out of art school and then creating things like actually being like oh this is something that i can sell to people i'm gonna create a product and this product is my my vision like my art how has this whole process of pricing your creations and monetizing teach you about like your overall self-worth not even just as like an artist has this permeated Mm. the way that you know like you interact with other people that you meet how has the confidence from your art kind of filtered into the way that you move in the world in general because i can only imagine that if there's an if there are artists out there who feel really low about the people the way that people value their art and like how people view them and their worth how that could infiltrate the way that they see themselves and how they relate to others wow that's a huge question um i've been very lucky but i think everyone should know that when an artist is creating they're creating for themselves mm. truth that's true and when it came from the most authentic part of me so the stuff i only got really good at art outside of school mm. and when i mean really good i mean the most authentic mm. and when I saw that that work was resonating with people, mm. and I'm not talking about, you know, on Instagram. I mean, you know, what did this mean? Yeah. Why did you put that there in real life conversations about, you know, this really made me feel like after I broke up with my boyfriend mm. and I was thirsty and I was unapologetic about it. And why do I have to be unapologetic about it? And that happened uh, the summer of 2015 when I had that big breakup and I went to Miami for a little bit. And then I went back to New York. So it wasn't even in Miami that I was creating the work. It was for myself. Like to it was, heal? It was to heal. It was, it was, it was, that, that's when I think my work really started. Is when I was creating work just for me, just to kind of cope through this breakup. Because I was finally back in a city where I had been in a relationship for close to three years. And I was single. And I was horny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine? I yeah. was like living my sex in the city fantasy. Yeah. And I remember feeling my power for the first time. And it was all for me. It was all my own. And it, it wasn't a show. It was really like this alter ego that I started manifesting in my work. Mm. Going back to other people relating to it. I was just, con- I was just really, really blessed because I could have just stayed on the graphic design course and the way that my work was 
finding a place in my life was I would get home from work and dedicate three hours to watching Netflix and drawing and like it was just the the perfect way to relax for me and like I'm and it you know I would maybe do a show or I'd meet up with a friend and then I started posting it on Instagram um and then you know people started really like oh do you sell prints of this or you do this and I found different ways to monetize it Mm. now how now you know 2018 sitting across from me right now how does my work filter into my interactions I think that's a very interesting question that you asked because you know um, the other day we uh, Kat and I met someone and I didn't want to tell them that I was an artist and I often don't like to share my Instagram and I often try to really have a conversation with the person before I tell them that I'm an artist or I tell them that I see the world with a different lens because people just treat you differently I think that's something that you and I have talked about with the Instagram followers. Yeah. People will be like, oh, I don't know, just see you in a different lens. And it, it goes that, that derails into a completely different conversation. Yeah. But when people finally know and people see me for being an artist, I feel like especially women see me with this sparkle in their eyes. We're like, oh, you really see me. You really give me permission. And that for me is success. Yeah. That really is success. I, I want women to know that I see them in their unfiltered beauty, with their cellulite, with their period stains, like with undone feet, like just I see their beauty and I see their value even and I want to give them permission to feel beautiful in that moment. Yeah. And you do. I mean, I've been there when women tell you like you have given me permission. Yeah. And I can only imagine how that feels because your work so... I'm sure everybody listening now, if they haven't already seen your work, is going to go see your work. Um, it is, in a lot of ways, very personal. Yeah. I feel like I'm seeing, I'm getting a peek into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting a chance to like see what your experiences have been. But it's crazy to see how those experiences overlap with ours. Yeah. Women, in a lot of ways, going back to how we're not, we're not supposed to say much and show this and ask for this. It's like... There are a lot of things that happen to us and that we experience that we never really talk about because it's like, no, I'm not supposed to say this or show. And you're you're not saying it verbally, but you're showing it. And that's that visual representation is powerful as fuck. Do you ever feel at any point like it's intrusive? My work? Mm-hmm. Because so many people see it. Oh, you mean like other people's opinions are intrusive or is my work intrusive to other people? No, like uh, I guess I could have better rearrange that by saying yes like do you ever feel like people are being intrusive into your personal life because they see this because it is so candid no I think people will always interpret what they want to see in it I I genuinely don't think that people spend a lot of time thinking about other people Mm -hmm. they really think about themselves this is a fact and how well they wiped their butt this morning this is a fact because it's a little itchy (laughs) this is a fact (laughs) so when i put in things for myself and i like make those little ornate details like a patelito but it's bitten or rotted fruit or like a little message to myself i think people want to see whatever they want to see so i never find an intrusive voice in my head I I, you know it's always for me always for you I love that you highlighted that because the none of this would have come to be had you not just gone in 
and started doing this for you. Oh, totally. My work in school was not good because I was doing it for my professors, for sure. Yeah, and I think that that is like, if you're going to take away anything from this conversation is like, yeah, we can swoon over V's work and all of this stuff, but it only happened because V was being honest to herself. Yeah. So like, this is not a copy and paste of for anybody else because it's like it always has to just come from everybody's individual story everybody's individual experiences and like how they decide to express it so i just i really hope that people listening just take this as inspiration to go inside of themselves to figure out what it is that your your intuition and like your creative mind is when they come together what is it that they're trying to birth and put out into the world that'll not only be healing for you in the same way that it was healing for you to get over your breakup and to like gain confidence over yourself but then in the future it could be the thing that like ends up being making some money for them but it, it was always a line though it was like a re- it becomes a reward for being honest to yourself exactly and i think that you shouldn't be discouraged if someone else has done it before you yeah because it's you creating it now and i think that's something that always prevented me i'm like oh you know why what do i have to contribute into this void of content that is social media this is my perspective on it and your perspective is important too like your genuine authentic perspective Mm -hmm. and that's again extremely important to just note because as creative individuals, as people who are trying to do different things in the world, it's very easy to be like, oh my God, there's like 15 people doing this already. And it's like, no, they're not. Not the way that Catlin Teak was doing or it. Or that Virginia Zamora is doing it. Exactly. So it doesn't matter. And like going back to pies, just because you're getting a piece of the pie doesn't mean that somebody else can't get a piece of the pie mm-hmm. and that somebody else can't get a piece of the pie. It doesn't mean that anybody else is losing. It's like you can all eat. Oh, it's so... Okay, this is a really good point that um, Kat's bringing up. Abundance. People are always like, why are you giving art directors emails? Why are you helping out that person? You know, aren't you worried? I'm like, I think Yuko Shimizu said it best. She does Skillshare. She does all the things she teaches. She could tell people the paintbrush, the ink, the paper that that she uses, and they will never create a Yuko Shimizu piece. And when she told me that... I've never held out a secret from anyone because no one will. And I've never been fearful that someone's going to take my spot. Like we are all together. We are all trying to create truth into this world. How could that ever take away from my truth? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, let's be real about Instagram. These selfies, (laughs) they're amazing. These women are beautiful. It does not take away from your beauty. Never. At all. Never. Just because someone else is glowing and shining it's amazing. Also, it is curating the best part of their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, just let's let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, like, and just in terms of people having the permission as artists to, like, do the thing or be inspired to do the thing. Okay, look at these photos. Look at this work and be like, okay, I'm so happy for them. Great. I'm actually going to go do, do my thing, too, exactly. you know? Exactly. And also, like, be a skeptic. Just a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> again... Like, this person's life as it made. Like, you really don't know that person. Yeah, it's true. That's absolutely true. Um, I want to jump into some rapid-fire questions with you. I want to do anything with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I already know the answer to this, but what is your favorite time of the day? Morning, noon, or night? Morning. What is your favorite snack? Dried mangoes. I already do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a million dollars, what would be the first thing that you'd buy? A trip for all my friends. A trip? For all my friends. Mm, yeah. Where? That's a good question. I've been dying to go to Mexico City. 
Really? Yeah, we've talked about this. We can go and it's not that expensive. I know. Imagine so I could take everybody <laughs> <laughs> and then still have something left over. Factual. And then like have this party that I want to have of like this anti-phone party. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, we got to make that happen. Uh, what is your favorite book? Oof. Right now, it's this book that I'm reading. It's called Show Your Work, but that's a, that's a tough question. I'm just going to say Big Magic. Okay. <laughs> like, here I am holding back. It really helped me through a lot of shit. <laughs> Elizabeth Gilbert, guys, she is... Yes, it is the woman that wrote. Yes, Yes. but it's a really good book. It's a really good book. What is your favorite film? Disclaimer is like a good place where you can just live. And that's someone else's answer that I know. But I'm going to hijack it. There's just it's I'm, I love film. I was about to say disclaimer: V watches so many movies. Yeah, I, I love documentaries. Um, I'm a big fan of cinema in general. I actually studied in high school at Dash in Miami. The producers is also really. I mean, these are so corny, but like when I think of the winter, I think of like really corny films that kind of get me through it that you like to live in and sit in. Um, Gangs of New York. Why am I saying these things? Uh, like the the footsteps in that movie is what I live for. Footsteps is probably my favorite noise, uh, my favorite sound. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna stick with those. I mean, we perfect this time. Perfect. What is one thing? Oh my god, the birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> uh what is one thing that can be a product a Goodwill gadget hu- what goodwill hunting <laughs> <laughs> Shit. okay no no okay we're, 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 we're past this question Anymore? i'm gonna yeah okay we've closed that door now <laughs> it's closed okay what is one thing it could be a, a product a gadget or whatever that you cannot live without blender oh really yeah I, I use it every morning really yeah I, I do my little green juice in it you already had green juice today I didn't because I haven't gone grocery shopping. Oh, yeah. I'm a minimalist, so I don't... I literally every week don't have anything in my refrigerator because I perfectly set it up so that I have to get groceries on a weekly basis. Yes. I don't like food going to waste. Yeah. V's really good about this. Yeah. So when she comes to my house, I'm like, not that. So when I come, when she comes to my house, she's like, oh, wow, you have so many things, so many options. I'm like, yeah, girl, eat, go, go, go. It's actually great for me. <laughs> um, what is your favorite self-care routine or what is your self-care routine oh i just realized a better answer what my vibrator all right favorite daily skin routine i love putting uh self-care so you're gonna go into skin well oh i see what you're saying so it could be like meditation journaling journaling every day every day i go to bed and i write what happened during that day and then i write a to-do list for the next day and maybe this works maybe this doesn't work but i am convinced that i sleep on my to-do list so then the first you know four hours of the morning are the most productive because i know exactly what i have to scratch out and do and it's just it starts me the right way yeah you're really good about that you're really really good about that yeah um, if there was one message that you could get out to the world, what would it be? No. You know, Esther Perel said, do something for someone else mm. in a really genuine way. 
and it could be a card it could be letting them know how you feel but there is so much to be gained from being emotional and vulnerable with your friends if you need help ask for help if you want to tell someone that you appreciate them tell them that you appreciate them because life is finite and you only have how you made someone feel and how they made you feel i'll probably forget this conversation but i know that i had an amazing morning with kat yeah yeah exactly absolutely Ah, perfect. I love you. (laughs) I love you too. Thank you for this. Of course, anytime. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. You can find V on Instagram at V E E underscore V E E S and on VirginiaZamora.com. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. I'm sending you love and light, and I hope you have a great week, life, day, month, everything. (laughs) We will chat next week.